Hello everyone, my name is Josh and I welcome you to the Walk in the Light podcast and may God bless you all. Let's get into some prayer using Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3. God, we ask that Christ would grant us all, according to the riches of his glory, be strengthened with prayer through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith and that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As usual, a reminder that this series will be finished off with Luke chapter 4, hopefully next week. Uh, It'll be verses 16 through 30, which I will also cover in part 5. But if you want to read it all in your own time, before that, I encourage it. In each of these parts, um, as usual, I'm going to highlight from Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, which says... The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This week we will only have one episode. This is due to us covering freedom from captivity last week. This week is very similar as it is covering freedom from oppression, um, or... uh, the idea of oppression, I should say, not necessarily just the freedom uh, in it, as that was covered last week. Um, in short, uh, this week will probably be a little bit shorter, um, although I do have a lot to cover on this particular passage, even though it's a shorter section. As well, I will mainly be sticking to um, certain forms of oppression. This, of course, is not a complete list of all oppression. But I feel it is something we as Christians, especially today, forget easily, and we can be faced with difficult situations, and we want to respond in the same manner in which we have been engaged. Um, But the thing that Christ's love is, it is very different, it is very difficult, and most importantly to the message today, one-sided, or you can say one-way love. Now the main point of freedom from oppression is that of sin within ourselves, That is the main point of what Christ is freeing us from and the main part of the mission when the Bible speaks of freedom. But again, since we covered freedom from sin from the perspective of captivity and slavery last week, I didn't want to beat the horse again. Instead, we are mainly going to stick to what, um, though a few uh, forms of oppression can look like and how Christians should respond. I don't want to give the impression these are the only forms of oppression uh, again we can run into as Christians, uh, not even close, as much as the Bible tells us, but uh, I want to stick with the, the gospel for the main uh, message for this, and I feel like covering this in today's climate is a big deal. Before we get into the passage, I do want to go over the dictionary.com's definition of oppression, and I'd like to, to keep this in mind as we go through today's passage. It says, the exercise of authority or power in the burdensome, cruel, or unjust manner, 
an act or an instance of oppressing or subjecting to cruel and unjust imposition or restraints, state of being oppressed, the feeling of being heavily burdened mentally or physically by troubles, adverse conditions, uh, anxiety, etc. <clears throat> now today we won't cover as every aspect of that particular definition, more specifically the mental aspects of it, at least not in great detail, but having the definition and keeping it in the back of our minds as we cover today's passage I think will be a great help in breaking it down. So let's get started, and as usual, I'll read the full passage for today, and then we will break it down. The passage today is Luke chapter 6, and it's going to be verses 27 through 36. And it says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is it to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is it to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. <clears throat> so, uh, let's go into further breaking that down. Again, it's... a uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. Uh, again, that's verse 27 to 36. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. We start with what is said here, to you who hear. In uh, our previous study, in the blind, we saw that seeing and hearing is connected to perceiving and understanding. Not just understanding exactly who Jesus is as God and Messiah, but understanding the message Jesus delivers. It's not to suggest that in-depth study isn't required for deeper understanding, but the ultimate piece to this puzzle is that God will enable the understanding and uh, at his appointed time. The remainder of this passage is what Jesus is putting emphasis on to what we need to, be un uh, need to understand. And as a result, we must take what is being said with most importance and care. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Now I'm going to get this out of the way right now. We are free from the bondage of sin, amongst other things in Christ. But what we are about to read, if we are being honest, is very hard and is another form of oppression. But we must understand that Christ will reveal himself through Christians, and one way is through how we handle oppression, abuse, and any, uh, any persecution of any kind from others. Uh, love your enemies is very foreign prospect to, to us. Our fleshly desire is for revenge. Uh, as they say, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But Jesus is saying something very contrary to that. Instead, we must love them, and do good to our enemies and those who hate us. <clears throat> and, well, it only gets better from here. 
So back to uh, the passage uh, from verse 28. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who abuse you. We can now start to see a guide to handling situations of persecutions of all kinds. If someone curses you instead of getting into a heated engagement with that person, Jesus would say that you should bless that person. Now, we aren't talking about X person curses you and you simply say to their face, oh, bless you. Jesus wants to change our hearts and, and, and to show the fruits of the Spirit, to show Christ's love and kindness. Blessing someone isn't just a trigger word we throw out um, without meaning or purpose. He's seeking for us to be intentional. It's followed, it should be followed up with a prayer for those who abuse you for any reason. Prayer um, to God to bless the person who curses and abuses you. Um, and in response of your own, a blessing. Show genuine loving kindness towards that person. Now on to 29. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And for one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. <clears throat> Here we see to one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. This isn't simply just literal here. Again, we see a verse like, uh, just like 28, where both ideas are be being expressed together. Not just literal, um, even though they are within themselves, but also the idea of how to respond. How can we put together being struck and giving a tunic to someone who takes your cloak? Well, I think we can look beyond the action taken against us to train our minds uh, to see the deeper underlying issue. If someone strikes you on the cheek or really is just abuse to you in general of any kind, that person may likely has needs that we can help them with. Uh, let's take ourselves out of the equation really quick, which is hard if someone is actually hitting you in the face, and look to see if this person is in some kind of need of help. It's obviously not healthy to go around striking people, right? So now, <clears throat> each situation is going to be different, and it's going to take some practice and genuine care. But try to get to the root of the person's issue and not the action they took against you. Like in this verse, the person needed a cloak, but maybe that person isn't, maybe that item isn't the only thing that person needs. So go ahead and give them your tunic also. And your kindness will reveal Christ. Um, don't be afraid to even straight up ask what somebody may need um, and that you would love to help them. Even, you know, if, the, if that <laughs> person is uh, being abusive to you in any way, um, it would be a surprise to have a response be like, um, you obviously need some help. Is there anything else I can help you with? Uh, so from verse 30, give to everyone who begs from you and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. <clears throat> this one is very similar to the last. If someone is begging, uh, try to find a way to meet their needs. And if someone has a need so great they are willing to steal from you, do not demand those items back. Instead, uh, find if there is more, um, maybe a long-term sustainable way to help them. This person obviously has needs, otherwise they wouldn't be stealing. Maybe make sure the item they stole isn't the only thing that they have a need of. So, verse 31, And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. This is the classic, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. 
we are going to see at the end of this verse, though, that it's even deeper than we might think. God has shown grace, mercy, and forgiveness to us, so shouldn't we give that to others in return? The idea here is not just a material or physical realm of thinking, but also a spiritual way of thinking, a Christ way of thinking. Does the person you're interacting with need Christ in their life? Well, we wanted Christ to reveal himself to us and give us grace, mercy, and forgiveness. Perhaps we should give that to the people we interact with as well. Maybe they don't know they have a huge spiritual need. <clears throat> so a few verses here, uh, starting in uh, 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get, the, to get back the same amount. Now the meaning here isn't saying there's no reason to love everyone. As we know, Christ's love should be given to all. But the idea here is if we do good and love those who do the same for us, what Christ is trying to get across here will not, will not reveal him to others, at least not as strongly. So, <clears throat> so what we have been talking about this far is a very hard, very unique, and a very one-sided version of love. See, without Christ, none of this makes any sense. If you are abused, hated, struck down, cursed at, or any other type of persecution, um, how fleshly desire is to get uh, is the fleshly desire is to get revenge, to seek to make that person suffer for what they have done, an eye for an eye a, and a tooth for a tooth. Well, if that was the way of the universe according to God, we'd all be in very big trouble. But instead, God reveals his perfect character and asks us as Christians that when we face persecution, to give to others what Christ gave to us, love, kindness, mercy, patience, grace, forgiveness, and so much more. It's a one-way love because without God's enablement and giving it to us, we would never be able to give it back to others or to Him. If we were being honest, we wouldn't give it back to Him even remotely as often as we should. Um, in one-way love, uh, Christ gave it to us knowing that we couldn't give it back in the same measure. And he wants us to give to others even when they persecute us. See, if we can't give to others who persecute us, how can we ask Jesus to do the same for us? Something to think about, and I promise you it's not easy. It's about training. Uh, it's a trained and it requires intent. Something that you are going to commit to before it ever even happens. Um, that if a situation should arise... Uh, I'm going to respond in a Christ-like manner, no matter the cost or the outcome. Now to wrap up this passage, um, 35 and 36. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. See, the idea here is that we are seeking our reward outside of this world, uh, just like we've been talking about in the past couple um, <clears throat> uh, weeks. 
and we will be sons and daughters of God. Show mercy and forgive, uh, who showed mercy and forgives us even when we were and are ungrateful and at times evil. And he is asking us to give it just as he has given it to us. So another verse from Matthew to further extend on this message. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 48. And we won't go through a deep breakdown here, but um, I just kind of want to show the similarities just like we did last week. So in 38 it says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the cheek, turn to him, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take, take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The idea we're trying to get across to here is that don't settle on just meeting meeting people where they're meeting you and giving what is given to you. And, you know, we're, we're expected to go further. We're expected to give more, and we're expected to ask nothing back. See here, we see the very same message. Matthew was a tax collector for the Romans and knew very well that Jews working for Romans made him despised amongst his people. But again, we see that Christ gave us a very unique and one-sided version of love. One-sided because if we had our way, we'd be angry and seeking revenge for every person that cut us off driving down the freeway. But Christ would say, love that person and those around them and if you and yourself in every situation every time it's a commitment church it's not easy and i never would uh, want to suggest that it is but we have a commitment to, uh, but we have to commit and meditate on these things before they happen and say to ourselves and to god that when a situation arises no matter what it is and no matter what the outcome i am going to respond like christ when I fall short, I will confess it to God, refresh my promise, and aim to be better next time. So let's summarize all this and break it down. One, Jesus fulfilled the perfect standard on our behalf. It's perfect and we cannot live up to it perfectly, but we can reveal Christ through honest attempts and intentions. <clears throat> Number two, that God's love is one way, and without knowing him, we can express it and reveal Jesus to others. Number three, there is a word for loving like Jesus, and we become, by his power, sons and daughters of God. Um, it's all through the enablement of God that any of this is possible. Number four, to give and expect nothing in return. 
And do not demand what has been taken, but instead seek to find out if that person needs even more. Number five, to give grace, mercy, and forgiveness like God has given to us. Number six, seek to see someone's spiritual need, um, making do unto others as you would have them do unto you, have even greater significance. Number seven, that Jesus doesn't want us to simply do good, but to feel deeply for others, especially those who persecute us. And number eight, give, give, and more giving. So that wraps up part four of the mission series. Again, this one wasn't so much about freedom from oppression as part three, uh, the captives, uh, that covered that aspect of it as well. This was more about our response when facing persecutions uh, and when we are oppressed. I hope this was a blessing to you and that we can all further grow in knowledge and understanding of Christ and in turn respond with actions that are Christ-like and reveal his perfect character and love. Um, the next uh, part of the series is supposed to be the last. Um, uh, I'm hoping to have it done next week and and have it, have it recorded and, and posted and everything uh, that goes along with that. Um, and this is, and next week is, um, or the next part is kind of bringing all these parts together. Um, it's not going to bring in uh, outside of the, the unique verse for that, which is, where is it here? Um, Luke chapter 4, 16 through 30. We're going to go through parts of that. Um, but the main main point to part 5 is just bringing all these parts that we've gone over um, all together. Um, so yeah, uh, if you have any prayer requests or praises, you can send them to walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. Again, that's walkinthelight at walkinthelightsp.com. If you are, like what we are doing and want more do daily doses of hope in Scripture, follow us at our other social media accounts. We have a Twitter at walkin underscore the light. Again, that's walkin underscore the light. We have a Facebook. It's walkinthelight. And an Instagram, it's Walk in the Light SP. Again, that is Walk in the Light SP. Um, thank you all for listening, and God bless you.